Well, that's a kick in the old 12-3 and ego. Green Bay beats Minnesota 41-17. And this is the post-game report with Pete Bursich. I'm Paul Allen. 41-17 in a game. Uh, Justin Jefferson had one catch. Uh, left guard Ezra Cleveland came into the game with uh, just two penalties in his career. He had three in this game alone. But uh, the A topic for the Minnesota Vikings, believe it or not, not the 41-17 beatdown by the Green Bay Packers, but it's the uh, health and status of the offensive line because backup center Austin Schlotman was lost very early in the first quarter. Chris Reed, formerly of uh, Minnesota State University Mankato, uh, in his 67th game, he played center for the first time in his career. Then Brian O'Neill went down with a calf injury, and Oliudo came in at right tackle pretty much from then on and certainly not pinning the entire loss on uh, two-fifths of the offensive line being lost during the course of the game. But it didn't help, and uh, Green Bay handled Minnesota uh, rather easily. Yeah, and the disappointing part, too, is the injury to Brian O'Neill occurred on that interception. You know, so uh, the inter- big interception return that the Packers had. And, you know, again, the injuries are important, right? And Brian, getting Brian O'Neill back in time for the playoffs is, is hugely important. But overall, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot that the Vikings did tonight, Paul, that they've been they've been able to do i mean four turnovers is unacceptable it's unacceptable at any time and plus you have a you know uh Keyshawn uh nixon kickoff return for a touchdown so it's like you're you know you're giving up two return touchdowns four turnovers um the best part of your offense justin jefferson is pretty much quiet the whole night so it was it was uh it was it was across the board in that respect however Again, I don't. I don't know if there. It, it, you don't necessarily have time to panic, or it's not time to panic because it's very obvious what went wrong tonight, and those are the things that you got to fix. Uh, for Keyshawn Nixon, one of the best returners in the NFL, a 105-yard kick return that does uh, the first touchdown of his career, and um, also Darnell Savage uh, off a uh, deflection off the hands of T.J. Hawkinson. He got into the end zone from 75. Uh, that's the first touchdown of Darnell's career, a guy who was benched within the last month. And like Pete said, uh, on that play, sadly, Brian O'Neill injured his calf. Uh, here's Gabe Henderson and Ben Lieber with Between the Lines. All right, welcome to Between the Lines, fueled by Gatorade. Vikings lose 41-17 to to the Green Bay Packers tonight at Lambeau Field. And Ben, um, to start things off, um, we knew penalties. We can't have penalties when going against a team that has Aaron Rodgers as their mm-hmm. quarterback. But you have six penalties, uh, three of those false starts, and two of those delay of games. Our offense can never get going. How would you describe what, what the offense showed today? Well, I think more importantly, you can't turn the ball over. Yeah. You know, you, you can't have four four giveaways, and you can't give up a 105-yard kickoff return. Yeah. I mean, especially on the road against a really good football team that's ascending in the right direction. Um, you, you mentioned the penalties. I mean, anytime you you pull yourself behind and you make the you get out of schedule as far as the down and distance goes and the play calling, it just messes up the rhythm. You know, we're our, our third string center. You know, it's it's no fault of his own that he gets kind of thrust in there, but he doesn't get a lot of reps. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes the cadence is off, the the rhythm is off with the offense, and you know he's the guy that that initiates everything. And um, I'm not saying it's all on him at all. And just like it's you know when you kind of get out of sorts and you get out of rhythm, um, you know bad things are going to happen. It's an advantage. 
advantage to the defense. Advantage to the defense, and the defense on the first drive of the game held the Packers to, I believe, a three and out. Uh, they go to punt the ball. We block a punt. We yeah. get the ball on our own one. Well, we get the ball on their yard, one yard line. Can't punch it in. Three points. And then I feel like the game just kind of went down <laughs> south from there. Uh, you talked to Kevin O'Connell in, in the locker room not, just minutes ago. What, what was his thoughts on just, I guess, from that punt block on? Yeah, I just think that he really, you know, he really thought that that was just a missed opportunity. He knew that he had to just walk away with some points there. I think in the back of his mind, he probably could have gone for it on fourth down and, and really started the game with an exclamation point. But, uh, you know, smartly, he just took the three points. I think, you know, he's probably going to – it's going to grind on him a little bit, just maybe just the play calling, maybe some of the execution yeah. uh, on those first three downs. But uh, it, it absolutely was a missed opportunity. You know, you, you have the ball on the one-yard line. After a huge momentum swing on the block punt, you got to punch that thing got in to. there. you got to find a way to get six points out of that. Um, they didn't do it. You know, that's, that's obviously uh, – there's still a lot of game to be played. Yeah. Um, so you can't let that one situation cascade into a bunch of negative plays. But as we reflect back on it, I mean, we needed all those, all those little difference-making plays, and we didn't capitalize. So the San Francisco 49ers beat the Las Vegas Raiders in overtime. And uh, why that's important is because San Francisco now owns the two-seed in the NFC. The Vikings currently are the three-seed, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the four-seed. Philly got beat today by the New Orleans Saints, but they're still the one seed. And now we go to Soldier Field next week. San Francisco plays the Arizona Cardinals. That seems like uh, an absolute victory for San Francisco. So uh, if the Vikings head into the uh, postseason as the three seed, uh, they will get a home game in the wild card round. But if they win that game, uh, they'll be heading to the two seed, uh, the two or the one seed after that. Yeah, and that I mean, that's that's a huge thing. I mean, and, and for us and, and for Vikings – fans you know the difference between playing at home um, against a team like the 49ers in the second round as opposed to playing out in uh, you know San Francisco that's, yep. a, that's a huge difference right and and you know for the 49ers having a home game is going to help it's going to help their off it's going to help their defense immensely especially with crowd noise and things like that so yeah. um, you know you, you can never count on another team to do the job that you're supposed to do you know, and, and for tonight, um, this is not the same Packers team that we've seen, I think, for the last couple of years. And so that makes it even, I think, even, even a little bit more disappointing. I know Rodgers isn't um, the guy that he was as far as just slinging the ball up and down the field and being able to throw the ball. Uh, Duke Shelley survived a couple shots deep early. I think he's playing a lot better. Um, but unfortunately, Paul, like I said, you, you know, you, get, you, you turn the ball over and get behind the way we did. Um, you know, there's just not a whole lot you can do. Green Bay ran for 163 yards. And um, uh, before we uh, listen to Kevin O'Connell's press conference, one thing reared its ugly head uh, from earlier this season. It really hasn't been a problem tackling for the Minnesota Vikings during the course of the season. But uh, when the game was still within reach, two-score game, but, but still within reach in the first half, the, the the Vikings tackling was just problematic today. Yeah, and they were, and it was in specific situations. There was a lot of one-on-one with, in space, Chan Sullivan, you know, coming up and, and missing a tackle. I know that was a big one. And and then, you know, it's not just that, too. It's the drops and the drops early. And it seems if there's anything that has plagued this team sort of characteristically or recurringly is is just starting slow. Right, and and especially for T.J. Hawkinson to get a couple receptions under his belt early, um, you know, we had a couple drops. He had one big play that was a drop early that that would have completely changed the drive and changed this game. 
uh, early on. And so just got to find a way to start a little bit faster, especially in a passing game for us. The Vikings just ran 51 plays on offense. That's a season low. Uh, they ran 20 uh, They ran twenty times through 31 times. And to talk about that and uh, the state of the skull after a 41-17 loss at Lambeau Field in the season's penultimate, here's Kevin O'Connell after the game. Um, just giving you guys a, a quick update on injuries to start. Uh, Austin Schlotman um, did uh, indeed suffer a uh, fibula fracture uh, in his uh, left ankle. We'll hopefully get some positive news coming out of the MRI, but that looks like a pretty significant injury for him, which is very unfortunate just how he stepped in and uh, been very uh, reliable for us and, and, and really helped us as an offense kind of withstand losing uh, Garrett Bradbury for a few weeks here. And then Brian O'Neill sustained a calf muscle injury. Um, We ruled him out and he'll have an MRI. We'll just see how he's, uh, you know, it'll all be be determined by that MRI, the severity and a timetable. I'll keep you guys posted uh, on that. Had a couple other things come up, but for the most part, um, that was about it. Uh, Very disappointed in our performance uh, today, both as players and coaches. I I thought, Some of the plays that were there to be made, we didn't make, and uh, clearly we could do a better job coaching. It starts with me um, giving our guys a a, a chance to try to sustain momentum. Um, You can't come up here and turn the ball over, directly lead to points, give up a 100-yard kick return, and and, uh, even when we did get some defensive stops and or that block punt early on, we weren't able to do uh, enough with those opportunities. Uh, without uh, you know self-sabotaging some of those drives offensively, so got to find a way to improve. Uh, you know, get back to who, what we've been when we've been able to win some football games by not turning the ball over, play clean, and give ourselves a chance to win. Uh, we did not do that today, and uh, got to find a way to f- figure out why our what I thought was a good pre- a week of preparation, um, why that didn't translate to our performance today um, as we continue. Uh, to move forward here. Got another tough divisional uh, road trip ahead, and we'll figure out where we're at from an injury standpoint and, and all the things that uh, you know we can do to help our team and our roster be prepared for the opportunities we get come playoff time. But it's back to work and, and, and with an urgency of understanding we've got some things to correct and fix. Being honest with ourselves starts with me. Um, i got to be better for our team, and uh, i got a lot of confidence in this football team, and uh, we just go back to work and and, and move from there. How much, Kevin, does that get you kind of behind the eight ball early when you lose two starting offensive linemen in the first quarter? Yeah, it's it's hard. And, and really, when you're talking about our backup center, uh, when you lose him, and, and so you're really on to your third center and Chris Reed, and there's it was a good environment, loud. Uh, we had some snap count issues that created a you know third and six to a third and 11 or whatever it was. It just, we didn't... Uh, we didn't execute smoothly early on. He settled in. Kirk did a great job kind of trying to help uh, settle everybody down in that huddle and, and along the sideline with the communication. Uh, but it, it's a factor. I mean, especially when you start talking about being on your backup center to start and then having, you know, your third guy go in there. And uh, Brian O'Neill, um, I thought, uh, was a big loss for us. But Ole stepped in there, and as we, the expectation is, did some solid things. And, and it sounds like we're going to need him. Um, you know, how, how to be determined how long. Uh, yeah, it's anytime you lose um, significant starters and, and members, hopefully we'll get Garrett back at some point, but uh, we'll put together the best group we can, um, give those guys some time this week and practice and, and solidify, you know, that group and, and then all the 
different uh, contingency plans if, if we were to lose guys from that group we put out there. But uh, we just got to, um, you know, see what uh, that injury report looks like for the long term, but also how we can have the best value and, and usage of some of the guys that have experience. Uh, we've had them here for a reason, guys like Chris Reed and Ole, and, and uh, like I said, we should get Garrett back at some point. So there's, uh, there's, there's a lot of ball still left to play, and we'll get the best group out there we can. Kevin, it seemed like a lot of issues early for guys with traction on the field. Yeah. How did how involved I guess were you guys in telling them, hey, we're seven side cleats or giving them freedom to kind of make their own choices there? Yeah, we uh, we made a point um, throughout the uh, week, first couple, first team meeting, and, and then throughout the week, we were able to practice on our own field outside a couple days, um, and and guys, you know, you, you're never going to force people. Uh, to to wear those things, but it was strongly encouraged, and there's been a lot of our roster has played up here before. Um, so uh, when I did see some guys on the ground and having some issues, uh, they then uh, you know put those cleats on, and hopefully it's a learning lesson for all of us um, that we don't need to go through some of that early um, to uh, to rectify that problem. Kevin, do you know why some of your losses have been lopsided? I mean, you guys were great close games. And- yeah, I think it just comes down to the fact that when we've lost lop, lopsided games, is we've directly contributed to those. You know, the score can get out of hand in a hurry when you turn it over for touchdowns the other way. You give up a hundred-yard kick return. You don't score when you block a punt and end up on their one-yard line and come away with three. Uh, you know, it's this game is a momentum-based game, and when you turn the football over and you do not sustain drives offensively. Uh, eventually, it's just too much for your team to overcome, uh, and and that's where we've got to find ways, you know, in all phases of our team, uh, to do whatever we can to limit the momentum being a, you know, that avalanche that has tended to happen uh, when a couple of these games have gotten away from us, and uh, that's just in the end where I need to continue to do the best possible job I can do with our coaching staff uh, through the leadership of our players. Uh, to, to rectify those issues and, and try to make make sure we're doing everything we can to avoid results like this. Did you feel a difference in that front between today and, you know, for example, the Colts game where you're kind of in a similar situation and you're able to come back out of that one? Um, yeah, I just I just thought, uh, you know, where we were at in this game, you know, even we only had one possession there in the third quarter. You're hoping to get a stop and then, uh, you know, drive the football, and we did, and then unfortunately uh, turned it over on that drive and then before you know it's the fourth quarter and this team can run the football uh, they control the clock uh, Aaron did a, a very good job managing the game to really limit any chance uh, to have enough possessions once it kind of got out of hand um, so I just think uh, you know the injuries up front never going to make excuses guys were ready to go and and uh, we just didn't execute enough you know all across the board offensively and then uh, you know didn't do enough to sustain maybe some of that early momentum defensively and then the kick return was a big play, obviously. You attribute uh, Cousins' three interceptions to him? Uh, yeah, we, uh, they all kind of, uh, there, ob- there was a slip there on one of them. Uh, ball got tipped. J.J. slipped, uh, kind of trying to work against two deep. Uh, it was a lot of two deep coverage for him today, regardless, two deep man under, two deep zone. Um, they weren't going to allow him to, to have a lot of one-on-one coverage. It did not exist much today. Uh, no matter what may or may not get said about this. Uh, but in the end, uh, each interception has its own story. Um, I thought the fourth down one, there was maybe an opportunity to Justin. Um, Kirk felt like he had TJ right out of the break, and I'm never going to second-guess him on that. Um, and then, 
the uh, the last one he was just trying to be aggressive against uh, kind of quarters on the right and a half field look on the left and that backside safety got him uh, coming from the other side so uh, he's trying to be aggressive and trying to make that play um, Kirk's done a, a phenomenal job all year long trying to play within the, the role of the offense and lead us um, and and he's always going to battle and compete it's one of my favorite things about him and you know, regardless of the outcome we'll, we'll coach him up he'll, he'll he's the hardest critic on himself and he knows that he's got to uh, continue to play at a high level for us to have the success we want to have as an offense. Do you feel like there's, there are things you could have done to get Justin more involved, or do other people need to step up if teams are going to play him? Yeah, a couple times where you know maybe uh, there were some opportunities for him. Um, uh, the ball, it just either was pressure or, uh, like I said, the ball to TJ got tipped and, and, and intercepted on the other side of the field. Then when we're trying to find ways to get him the ball, we, we were having some footing issues. So uh, we, I will always look at it from a standpoint of did we have enough ops? And, uh, you know, on the ops we tried to get for him. What were the results and, and why did the outcome, you know, not become what we wanted to be for him? As it has been many times, this is not the first time we saw coverage like this. This is not the first time he's uh, essentially been doubled on, you know, most of the football game, uh, if not all the game. Uh, and he's been productive. And there were some plays out there and, and we just didn't make them. And, and probably uh, a lot of things we'll be able to look at the tape and improve on to make sure when we get this, as we have multiple times this year, uh, we'll have the, the ability to make some plays. and. And, and come to life as an offense. What happened on the 105 yard touchdown there to open up the gap for Nixon up the middle? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, just looking up at the Jumbotron, it looked like we might have got out of one of our interior uh, you know, run lanes. Uh, don't exactly know who it was. We'll take a look at it. But it did open up right in the middle of the field, and that's exactly what you don't want uh, when you start talking cover and kicks. And, and they were able to uh, get a big play right there. How tougher is the road to hoe? Maybe you drop to the number three seed out of the two with the 49ers winning. Yeah, regardless, uh, Chris, at this point, um, you know, knowing we're going to get the opportunity to host a playoff game, uh, we've earned that right, but now we've got to make sure we we look at ourselves and um, find every opportunity to improve uh, as a football team and overcome some injuries and um, look at look at every asset of our football team as a viable uh, you know, contributing member because uh, we're going to need everyone. I've been telling our team all year we're going to need absolutely everybody. Uh, we know we have one home playoff game, and, and we really need to focus on just having a good week of prep for the Chicago Bears this week. Uh, regardless of how we try to go about that game and, and who we play and who we don't play, uh, it's about the Minnesota Vikings having a good week of prep, uh, leading into a division game on the road, and then trying to sustain that week in and week out with a 1-0 and mentality, uh, like I said, until they don't let us play any more games. When you did this, you did this. It's kind of like kind of a cool discussion, not anger. So that's a good sign going forward on that. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I think there's there's going to be anger. There's going to be different emotions about you know a game like this, which, which like I said, we put a lot into this prep. Uh, we had a good week of practice. Those guys feel like. Uh, you know, looking inward will help because, you know, we've got to find ways to take that preparation and, and have it equal uh, a performance that can give us a chance to win the game. I did not think we had that today. Uh, but I do know our guys are a confident team. Uh, they're confident because of the, the, the opportunities we've had leading into today and how we've overcome adversity throughout the season, both the result in-game 
and then some of those results we were talking about where it got away from us a little bit. But ultimately, um, the one thing I do know is we've got great leadership, and uh, it's on us uh, to continue to come together as players and coaches and, and put together the best plans we can, um, and then just go execute and be able to handle adversity a little bit better by not uh, you know, having so many self-inflicted wounds. It's probably second, but uh, why was there so much foot, footing issues and slippery? I don't know if it was actually slippery on that grass. It, it tends to, you know, my, you know, my experience level here, we've got some, you know, we've got some uh, players that used to play here. Uh, there was a lot of dialogue and communication about it potentially being slick. Um, and, and we tried to, you know, educate the players as much as possible. And uh, in the end, there was just some, you know, some issues with it. And then we had to go ahead and make some cleat changes and things like that. It's part of when you go on the road, you don't get your home environment um, that we've come to be very, very uh, happy when we get games at U.S. Bank Stadium. We've had a lot of success there this year, but you've got to be able to go on the road and deal with whatever the circumstances are, field, footing, weather, um, crowd noise, those, you know, all of those things. We've got to be prepared now uh, moving forward to handle whatever it looks like uh, on the road. Kirk Cousins, quarterback for the Vikings, was 18 of 31, 205 yards, a touchdown, three picks. Uh, the Adrian Amos pick was off a tip. The Darnell Savage, 75-yard uh, piece to get to the end zone, uh, was uh, a ball that went bounding off the hands of T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, those were two of the three picks. And uh, here's Kirk following the lambasting at Lambeau. You know, just need to play better. That's the bottom line. Um, didn't start fast enough. Didn't take advantage of uh, a couple great opportunities with the block punt and Dalvin Tomlinson's sack on fourth down. Um, so, you know, and then from there, just uh, uh, I think when you play Green Bay and you turn the ball over, they do a good job of making you pay for it. Um, and that was certainly the case tonight. So, um, you know, just ultimately need, need to play better. Need to start faster and play better. Yeah, um, you know, I, I think that they uh, were aware of where he was and and as a result, you know, defended him well. But then you look at some things that you feel like, you know, would have loved to connect on still. And um, But uh, they, they did a nice job um, just being aware of where he was. How tough is it to lose two starting offensive linemen in the first quarter and how did that impact the rest of the game? Yeah, you know, it was tough. Um, we'll, we'll get some good work with Chris Reed this week at center um, to just kind of get things ironed out. Um, and uh, I, I thought Ole did a phenomenal job. I thought Chris did a phenomenal job, you know, getting thrown in there and um, have a lot of confidence in those guys to, to handle that sudden change, which I think they did well. Kirk, is it strange to you that a team with 12 wins when you have lost some of the losses that they lopsided? Yeah, I just think it's it's you know whether you win or lose, um, you want to play at a high level, and you want to be process focused and have your process be really strong. And and so in, um, I think three of our four losses, you know the the the, the performance was not strong enough. Um, when I think about you know offensively or pass game or you know the role you play, so. Um, you know, certainly don't have a, a good good feeling about uh, a good taste in your mouth walking away from this one. Kirk, just from your perspective, what's the challenge of having a center come in that I'm guessing you haven't worked with a whole lot, if at all, um, in that position um, in the middle of the game? Yeah, we just need to get more work together in practice, um, you know, with the, with the depth um, so that, you know, when there's that sudden change, it's just go. 
and um, and so obviously we were all ready, you know, making that transition from Garrett to Schlot, and then, you know, we'll make it with with Chris and um, and um, you know get to where it's it's seamless. Kind of take us through the interceptions, the three interceptions. Yeah, um, first one, I uh, was trying to be aggressive there on, on the fourth down to TJ. Um, obviously, tight coverage. You know, you're you're. Um, you know, if you watch it, you'll see on the film that Justin's kind of my next progression, and he ends up coming open. Um, but I just felt the void where I was saw TJ going. Just felt the void and felt like I wanted to work that that voided area. Um, but then obviously the deflection and then it lands in their arms and then they return it for a touchdown. Um, it's just kind of snowballed. And then um, the last one, um, in the backside safety, I saw quarters coverage and the safety uh, come down. So I wanted to replace him with a post throw, but uh, you know, the backside safety's coming. So um, they did a good job of, uh, of kind of bringing that backside safety all game long to prevent you from throwing those posts and uh, right there, you know, needed to be aware of that and then just um, progress down to Alex. Um, so, and then obviously the one ball was tipped to the line of scrimmage and, and went up in the air. And when that happens, you know, it's anybody's game at that point, just like the first one. So, um, you know, those happen and, um, you know, it was, it was tough that uh, they happened when they did and how they did. And then obviously the return for a touchdown. Kirk, any concern just with all the offense played? You know, three points that really kind of matter. I'm sorry, you said the first and goal? No, saying? just like getting three points when it mattered. Any concern oh, forward here? we got to play better. I mean, we got to play better. I, that, that's, it's that simple. Kirk, at what point did you realize Brian had gotten hurt after that play? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Uh, it all runs together right now. But um, so I honestly can't remember when Brian got hurt or what happened or when it, the sequence. But um because I'm kind of thinking about the next play and all that, so you know, you just kind of keep playing. This is frustrating as you've seen Justin. He not, not only not, didn't put up great stats, he also got talking a little bit. He slipped on some of his routes. Yeah, you know, he's he's going to compete and come back, and uh, these days happen, and, and um, you know, he's he's doesn't change the fact he's a great player. He's had an unbelievable year, and um, you know, he's going to keep keep making plays up ahead. Kirk, you see guys slipping on a few of the routes. What were the discussions like on the sideline in terms of guys being able to get their footing when they're coming in on breaks? Um, it's just you know getting the cleats, uh, changing out the cleats to get the longer studs, and and uh, just trying to make sure that um, you know from a cleat standpoint you have what you need to, to make the cuts. You know, with the uh, Minnesota Vikings defense being on the field so much, with with the turnovers and everything, uh, the defensive line you you really could tell started to get tired and very fatigued in the uh, late in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter. So um, hopefully uh, things are markedly better against the Chicago Bears next week. But uh, with the missed tackles and just a uh, really, as football goes, a handful of offensive plays, uh, uh, things uh, are expected to be markedly better next game. Yeah, they're gonna. Ha- I mean, they're gonna have to be. And I know the ba- you know for the Bears, um, you know they lost an offensive lineman today as well. Um, you know, Justin Fields is a- as mobile of a quarterback as you're gonna see in the league this year. And what you know as to how much he's gonna play and what their plan is with him, we'll you know we'll have to wait and see. Um, but you know, again, you had opportunities, Paul. You, you had you had your chance to win this game, and you know, again, keep control of what you know the number two, the number two seed, the whole thing, and you let that slip away. So, a lot of decisions are going to have to be made 
um, by the front office, the head coaches, the coaches, the head coach, as to who's going to play this weekend. Uh, how important is this Bears game coming up? Do you yeah. rest people? Um, you know, Brian O'Neill, I know he's going to rest. Calf injuries with big guys are always tough. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a very, very interesting week going in, you know, going into week number 17 or week 18 of this season and, you know, see how we set up for this playoff run. Some uh, Golden Gophers of days gone by were represented in the uh, border battle number 125 today. One would be Devondre Campbell, one of the best pass-covering linebackers in the NFL for Green Bay. Asese Otomowa, a defensive lineman, a rookie from the University of Minnesota. He played rather extensively in the second half. And speaking of former Gophers, here's Ron Johnson and three takes from RJ. Thanks, fellas. Well, this is Ron Johnson coming to you from the KFAN studios. And the Vikings took one on the chin today. So it's hard to find some positives. But here's where I look at this game and a way to kind of use it going into the playoffs and the Bears game next week. My three takeaways for this game are the Vikings penalties. They have been winning the penalty battle all season. They were one of the second most as far as benefiting from playoffs. That's 109 penalties that they were benefited from in 16 games. Today, three. They also were accrued, they also accrued six penalties. They had the fifth least amount of penalties in six games, 16 games. That was 80. So that's a very uncharacteristic of this team. Turnovers, same thing, four turnovers today. Before that, 1.13 turnovers per game. Again, another uncharacteristic trait of this team. But it's just something they have to learn from and grow from. We know Kevin O'Connell is always going to make sure his guys know that. And if they can win the penalty battle, if they can win the turnover battle, they can win just about any game. Here's another one. In the third quarter, the Vikings defense we know was 32nd in yards per play. They allowed 11 touchdowns, which is 29th. 77 first downs allowed. That was 25th. Today, they had a scoreless third quarter. Yeah, it wasn't pretty in the first, second, or fourth quarter, but the third quarter was scoreless. They're going to have to go back and watch the film in that third quarter and see what they did well and how were they able to tame Aaron Rodgers for that amount of time. They didn't even win the time of possession battle. It was 9-5 in that, but they still found a way to not allow a score, and that's huge because the third quarter was one of their worst quarters heading into this game. And my last takeaway, here's a positive. Josh Metellus gets a pump block. That's two weeks in a row for young Josh Metellus with a pump block. That is something that the Vikings needed. It seemed like it could be a huge uh, benefit to them, a momentum shift, but the Packers defense found a way to keep the Vikings out of the end zone. But Josh Metellus with a pump block, special teams clearly has found a way to get him home and get him to that punter. And he does a great job of not only blocking the punt, one, alerting the team has been blocked, and two, not running into the kicker. That is the other part of that. If you block it, you can hit the kicker. But if you miss, you have to be on a path that will not run into the punter. And he seems to be doing a great job of that. So Josh Metellus, that's my third takeaway. Him and the special teams are doing a great job on punt block. They are going to need more of those in the playoffs, at least one, because those are the type of plays that can win games for you. Well, that'll do it for my three takeaways today. Back to you guys at the stadium.
All right, the Vikings are 12 and 4, Green Bay 8 and 8. The Detroit Lions also 8 and 8 after thrashing the Chicago Bears today. Uh, those teams meet at Lambeau Field next week. Each team needs to win uh, to have um, an opportunity to get to the postseason. And uh, once again, uh, the A topic injuries on the offensive line for the Vikings. Uh, secondly, behind that would be potentially resting players at Soldier Field and like starting. I mean, nothing but backups because San Francisco got the money at Las Vegas today, which means they are the two seed in the NFC. And uh, they have Arizona to close out festivities, and uh, they should be able to win that game. So um, it, uh, uh, the Vikings very well could be a three seed heading into the National Football Conference playoffs, and uh, we'll see where we go from there. Yeah, and we will, Paul. And, and the main thing is, is getting everybody healthy. When we do get to the playoffs, you still have to win that first round game at home, whomever it is that we play. I think right now, uh, the way it, you know the Giants still at the number six seed, you know that we'll, we'll, we will see who we end up playing. Um, but yeah, get everybody healthy, and you know get this team, get this timing back on offense, get you know just get our identity back, and you know and find a way to become a little bit more efficient, both you know both mainly offensively and defensively. You know the the Packers are able to run the football, so teams are going to see that, and you're going to have to shore that you know that up as well. I think Duke Shelley is shoring up the corner the corner spot, so every game that he can play, he's going to get better and better, and and uh, you know go from there. But like I said, it's 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 this this loss today was 100 percent self inflicted. That's yeah. the, that's the main thing. Well, the uh, fascinating 2022 season for the Minnesota Vikings continues. Uh, they are 12 and four. Uh, seemingly every game they win comes right down to the wire, and seemingly every time they lose, they get killed. And uh, that happened at Lambeau Field today. Vikings on the wrong side of a 41-17 Green Bay Packers win. For Pete Bursich, I'm Paul Allen. That's the Post Game Report. Thanks for listening.